Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. Welcome to 2022, everybody, even if I say the sports calendar doesn't reset till after the Super Bowl. It's a new year, and BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best wagering action in the new year. You can sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code BLEAVE. B-L-E-A-V, when you sign up with the link in the description to this episode. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, everybody. However and whenever it is you may be listening thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of wired up this is wired up episode 104 for the first time ever on the take it easy podcast we have two wired ups dropping on the exact same day because we need two podcasts to talk about all the crazy shit that went down on the Saturday of NFL Divisional Round Weekend. Bengals are in the conference championship. We did Wired Up 103 talking about how right I was about the Titans. And now we have Wired Up 104, separate podcast, still with Blake Jude, about the 49ers and Packers games. I'm sure we're going to talk all about Aaron Rodgers for the next week with all of our friends Because everyone's going to have thoughts on this situation for the Packers being $44 million over the cap and Aaron Rodgers having all the leverage in this situation going forward. I imagine that'll be the talking point there. and We can figure out Packers stuff and 49ers stuff a little bit. We dabble in this a little bit with Blake Jude, but I want to talk about just the post-game of this conference championship insanity because holy shit, that game made no sense. I would like to begin by saying that if the Green Bay Packers had decided to build a dome stadium back in the 1990s, in some alternate universe, metaverse, reality, whatever it is, in, in the multiverse where the Packers built a dome stadium, they might have five championships because weather has screwed them over so much when they built a roster designed to win with passing by Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. And the 49ers gave them every chance in the world to win the game. This is the basically the thing I take away from this, from the 49ers having negative 10 passing yards, or negative 10 yards of offense to start the game. 49ers getting the ball after LaFleur punts on fourth and two at his own 47-yard line, kind of saying, eh, we'll, we'll have more chances to score. We're the Green Bay Packers. Our offense is excellent. Nope. Uh, so then they punt back to the 49ers. 49ers go down the field. About to score three points before the half. Jimmy Garoppolo throws an interception. Aaron Rodgers completes a pass to Aaron Jones, where Aaron Jones is 15 yards behind his defender. Aaron Rodgers 
throws the ball slightly to the right, so Aaron Jones has to spin around, slows down his momentum, gets tackled at the 14-yard line. If Rodgers hit him in stride, Aaron Jones takes that for a touchdown. It's 14-0 Packers. If LaFleur decides to go for it on 4th and 2 and they convert just one time to move inside the 40, it's at least 17-0 Packers, possibly 20-0 Packers. They've win the game at halftime. No ifs, no ands, no buts. All of a sudden, the 49ers are still in the game. 49ers get three points. Now it's seven to three. Then the Packers get three points. Now it's ten to three. It's a very slow, arduous game, but the Packers' offense is stalling, and everyone's looking around like, what is happening? And now it's snowing. Now it's snowing all over the place, and the Packers are not prepared for this. The 49ers' game plan basically becomes Jimmy G, you've lost your passing privileges. You threw a pick in the red zone when we could have had three points. We run it and you throw to either Kittle or you check down to Elijah Mitchell. Those are your options. You may throw screen passes, the occasional screen to Debo, and passes to George Kittle. Just same route over and over again. You don't get to throw the ball down the field because we ain't losing because of you. More than we already have. We are trying to do the best we can in this great exception of the last 10 years of building a dynasty without the quarterback position. We're just going to hide you through and through all the way. Not going to let you do anything to ruin this. 11 for 19. He was 6 for 20, for, 6 for 14 before the last two drives of the game. 6 for 14 before he completes five straight passes to end the game. And the San Francisco 49ers get three points on offense and then block a punt. They block a field goal to end the half because Aaron Rodgers threw it four inches behind Aaron Jones. Block a punt and block a field goal. Field goal takes away three points. That should have been seven for the Packers. Block punt leads to seven points. Only touchdown of the game for the 49ers. Their offense scored six points, and that was good enough to win the game. Why? Because NFL football is stupid, especially in the snow. The Packers are doing everything possible to blow the game, and then the 49ers capitalize on the opportunity. I talked about... Uh, the, the art of war idea that Bill Belichick believes in, which is like, if you wait for your opponent to make the mistake and then you capitalize on it, you will be successful. And the you stay even keeled all the way through and let your opponent make the mistake. Packers made a ton of mistakes. Five minutes left, they threw the ball incomplete twice. It took 20 seconds. They punted back to the 49ers. 49ers held the ball the entire rest of the game. Can't even blame the Packers' defense for it. Packers' defense did the best they could. Stopped the 49ers pretty much the entire game. How do you stop Debo Samuel when he's getting a five-yard head start? The dude's so good, they're putting him at running back. George Kittle, one of the best weapons in the NFL. 49ers have two of the 15 best weapons, skill position players, whatever you want to call them, in the NFL. Tackling George Kittle and stopping Debo Samuel when he has a head start. Just really hard to do. Again, it was third and seven. Had to get a first down. 49ers called a draw play to the right. The thing we bash Freddie Kitchens for. We crush Freddie Kitchens for calling a draw play on third and seven. They call it with Debo Samuel, and Debo gets nine. Because Debo Samuel is that ridiculously good. And the Packers could not stop him. Could not stop Kittle. And lo and behold, they lose in what is one of the most shocking upsets in the NFL 
of the last 10 years. I know I said that with the Titans and Ravens game, but at least the Titans and Ravens game was explainable. It was three plays early in the game that got the Titans the lead, and then the Titans were good enough to hold the ball with Derrick Henry and force Lamar Jackson to throw 55 times. This one just made no sense at all. Because as we're going to talk about with Blake Jude, if you're talking about how you rebuild this team, you don't need to. Team's good enough. You just play not in the snow and not get a one in a thousand chance. I, I couldn't find the answer to this, but I really would like to know. Elias Sports Bureau or whatever else. When was the last time there was a blocked field goal and a blocked punt by the same team in the same game? Just never, ever happens. And I'm sure we'll have lots to talk about with this game with all of our friends, but we had a great podcast with Blake Jude talking about this and his beloved Cincinnati Bengals and me being right about the Titans, which you can check out on Wired Up 103. Here on Wired Up 104, we have the recap of 49ers versus Packers. And for the last time of the 2021 season, I'm sure we'll use this in the offseason as Aaron Rodgers is quoted saying, I don't want to be on a rebuilding team. I will have a say in personnel decisions because I have the leverage. He didn't say that directly, but he said it without saying that part out loud, that I have all the leverage, I can leave, and I will negotiate with the team on who comes back next year. As we'll have all of that develop for the last time this year, we can play the Packers' last dance theme song because we made this at the start of the season when it was like will Aaron Rodgers stay or will he go Devontae Adams wants to leave but Devontae Adams doesn't get to leave because they're going to use the franchise tag on him for the next two seasons and Adams either signs a three-year deal for more max money or he takes the franchise tag for two years and 44 million or 50 million and walks it's a shitty situation to be in because the NFL doesn't give players leverage franchise tag great for management not great for players Devontae Adams is going to waste the next two years of his career playing for the Packers and he won't be able to cash out the way he would be able to if he hit free agency right now all of that to say we will get to use the last dance intro sometime in the offseason because it will be quite the eventful offseason for the Packers but for the last time in the regular season we can play the last dance theme song for the Green Bay Packers because this was still technically the last dance before they became more interesting with Aaron Rodgers wanting to be the voice of libertarian ideologies and doing podcasts and raving against cancel culture and being free thinker guy and also unvaccinated and missing a game because of that. And then all the things that were more interesting this year about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers than is this the last season in Green Bay dominated the season, but it was still the last dance. And we played this song almost every time the Packers won. So here is for the last time to lead into our good friend, Blake Jude talking about 49ers Packers. Aaron Rodgers is so disgruntled with Green Bay Packers that he has told some within the organization that he does not want to return to the team. And so we have a standoff here that nobody knows exactly where it's going. He is not making this about money. He wants out of there and he's telling you there is no amount of money. We want him back in the worst way. I know he knows that. And, um, 
you know, we'll, we'll continue to work at it. The situation between the Green Bay Packers and Devontae Adams is not good. As far as this weekend, as far as training camp, we will see. There's been one message consistently coming out of Aaron Rodgers' camp, and, and that's I don't want to be here. Well, 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 what's going on? Uh, never has that question ever been more appropriate. Not not including the 49ers possibly drafting Mac Jones over Trey Lance. Not for, uh, I think even the Titans beating the Ravens. I don't think we even threw that one out there because that one was pretty explainable. I don't, I don't think we've ever been able to say what's going on and mean it more literally ever on this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, we just watched two of the ugliest divisional games I think we've ever seen. Am I am I wrong in saying that? I feel like it's pretty accurate. Dude, you you made it to the AFC Championship for the first time in like 35 years, your entire lifetime. You've never seen it before. You know, you'll probably see it again. It might be 20, 30 years before you see it again. Like that's how the NFL works sometimes. You couldn't even enjoy that for like three hours because all of a sudden the world is falling apart because the Packers choke in the most Packer way in the history of Packers football. Like you couldn't even get three hours in the spotlight before it's like, nope, we're just going to totally blow up everything we think we know about the sports. Weird enough that the Bengals are in the conference championship game. Now we're just going to blow up everything we thought we knew for four months. Yeah, I mean, and and honestly, I mean, in the way the Packers lost, I mean, I mean, it really kind of felt like this entire time they were the better team. I mean, beginning of the game, they they go out and score a touchdown to open up, and it seemed like Devontae Adams was just not going to be stopped at all. But for some reason, it just got really like like slow and sluggish the entire rest of the game. It really just kind of felt like Rodgers and and really Green Bay as a whole wasn't really worried at all. They kind of just you know, ran out the clock, ran a couple of plays, got a couple of first downs, punned the ball away. They were pretty much winning to turn up the the uh, the the, the uh, field battle, uh, the fielding battle, the, the entire game. Like they were they were getting better uh, better possessions of the ball further on the field. And and I really thought, honestly, uh, you know, this was a game that Green Bay had just was waiting to be blown out. Like you know, they had a couple of plays there where they were you know first and goal or, or close to the end zone, right? And, and a couple of key turnovers for the 49ers. And, of course, the special teams is probably the biggest part of this. Uh, and the fact that former Bengal Jordan Willis got the uh, pretty much the um, game-tying uh, blocked uh, punts at the uh, near the end of the fourth quarter was was, was huge and insane. And uh, it, was, it was crazy to, to watch that game live for sure as well. But, I mean, really ugly game, though. I mean, I definitely think the, the biggest kind of discussion point from, from these two games of the playoffs is definitely about Rodgers and what's going to happen there with Green Bay because – Yet again, this has been the exact same thing we've seen from Green Bay all the time. Uh, this is It's probably the worst it's been now. I mean, they were easily, I think, in my eyes, the most talented, best team in the NFL coming up to this point. Uh, the 49ers seem like, out of the eight teams still alive, the worst of the group. And they go out there and, and beat them mano a mano. And, and pretty much in in what, what I would have thought of as the Green Bay Packers' best weather. You know, they, they're used to playing in the snow. They know how to play in the snow. And the 49ers go out there and just beat them. While Rodgers is only scoring 10 points in that very big key game crazy and yet their team isn't designed to play in the snow it's insane like the Packers should have built a dome stadium 30 years ago for Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers they would have been better off as a franchise I hope that the you know everyone who talks about the the rough and tumble of Lambeau Field I hope that's worth five championships to you if you trade that for five more championships than you have in the last 30 years I hope it's worth it but 
Um, at, at the same time, the entire game, I was watching with a 49ers fan and the whole way through, I was operating in the past tense. Like, dude, this is, you're playing with house money. Like getting to this point is already insane for the 49ers. And then the Packers did every possible thing to lose this game. When is the last time we've seen not just a blocked field goal, but a blocked punt for touchdown in the same game? Like that's four years ago, five years ago. Like when has that ever happened in a football game? One in like 800 chance that that happens. And still the Packers had a chance to win the game. Like it, they found they were thoroughly dominating the 49ers and somehow found a way to lose that game. It's unbelievable that they could only score three points after that first drive of the game. And the 49ers didn't even play well and they still lost the game. It's, I don't understand it at all. It really wasn't even like the fact that, you know, the, the Packers weren't able to score points. I mean, in general, I mean, they were 13 point swings as a whole. Uh, that game just due to special teams, 13-point swings in, in terms of the, the the first block field goal, of course, saving three points for the 49ers. Debo Samuel with a huge return going, going getting past the 50, allowing the 49ers to score their first field goal, being an extra three points for them, as well as the block punt, but turning into seven points. Quite literally, that could have gone from a Packers 10-point lead to now the 49ers, or 13, 14, probably game over at that point, had none of those plays happened. So now the 49ers being in positions where they can tie this game up and send out the kicker who has never missed a field goal in his postseason career to go win the game for him. It was just unreal. I mean, it, the, the 49ers literally were hobbling off the field, like just barely like standing at this point. George Kittle was hurt. Debo Samuel was hurt. This was a team that was completely depleted. They just weren't ready to go out. And it, I mean, it just really felt like they were, like you said, they're playing with house money at this point, right? They, they've already gotten far enough. They're not going to, this game kind of felt like the end of their road because this Packers team is so talented. We're just wondering when, not if, Rodgers is going to drive this team down the field and win the game. But, you know, credit to, the, to, to some of the big plays they made. They made just enough big plays to grind it out and get a huge victory, which was unreal to see. <laughs> I was really impressed with how with, with how those big players performed, right? I mean, it was, it was actually really impressive. And, and whenever they needed to make big plays, big plays happen. I want the story to not be about Aaron Rodgers because it's a really cool thing that happened to the Bengals. And at the same time, I mentally had not prepared for this to even be a possibility. Even as I'm watching the game, the 49ers had negative 10 yards of offense with six minutes left in the second quarter. They had negative 10 yards of offense. And then when they got an actual drive down the field, Jimmy Garoppolo threw a pick at the goal line when they could have kicked a field goal. And then on the very next drive, three plays later, the Packers threw a 60 yard blown coverage pass. Like the game was over. The Packers did everything in the first half that would set up the game to be them up 20 to zero. And all of a sudden, Jimmy G has to throw the ball all over the field. No, it was 14 passes. Jimmy G was six for 14 in the game and still won. They ran the ball even when they were losing and they still won the game. I can't, I can't even comprehend how this is possible because we know the Green Bay Packers are better. We know the Green Bay Packers are more talented. And the thing I'd been saying all year is I guess they're better at stopping the run, but for years it's like, they can't stop the run. They can't stop the run. They can't stop the run. And they couldn't stop the run. 
like we're just kind of flying all over the place because this is like right after the game and we're just trying to throw our thoughts together here and there's not really a lot of like cognizance right now but jesus christ i can't believe that that happened like the 49ers had no business and the whole way through i'm just like packers why are you like this why why do you have to do this every possible way you could have won the game. You found a way to botch it all the way down to when it was seven, nothing LaFleur punted on fourth and two, like fourth and two at the 50 yard line up seven, zero punted right out the gate. It's just, everything was just so every time, every time the Packers found a way to keep the 49ers in it. And then at the end, the 49ers just moved it. third and seven Debo Samuel drop play. We make fun of Freddie kitchens for running third and seven drop plays drop play Debo Samuel and they get a first down and win the game. Like it's, I don't understand how that happened. Every single good thing possible that happened to the 49ers happened because the Packers just kept making mistake after mistake, after mistake, after mistake, even when the 49ers made mistakes. Yeah. I mean, just to like describe how improbable this victory was, right? I mean, your quarterback did not get a completed pass until six minutes left in the second quarter, right? Your, your quarterback, that's, that's your quarterback. I mean, that's like the most important part of your team, right? They, they, they averaged 3.7 yards per carry. Your quarterback did not have one completion until six minutes left in the second quarter. Even then, only through for uh, only through 11 for 19, so still had a very poor completion percentage, had a poor pass rating, was sacked four times, threw an interception, only averaged 6.9 yards per attempt. I mean, this was just a, I mean, a complete <laughs> terrible offensive performance, right? Yeah, well, what, what I told you, that team also had their three best players on offense at one point get hurt in the game. George Kittle, Debo Samuel, uh, Trent Williams, all at one point left the game with injuries. They were all hurt at one point as well. So not only is your quarterback playing terrible, not only do you hardly have a run game, also your three best, off- three best offensive players are out, and you're getting out game by the Packers, by the way, by 60. You're, you're, the Packers out them by 60 this game, right? What if I told you somehow the Packers gained – 300 and what is it? 300 and, or sorry, sorry, 263 yards compared to the 49ers, 212. And they can only put up 10 points to show for it. That is ridiculous. You can literally get down the field twice, completely sideline to sideline twice, plus 63 more yards to be able to have what would easily be a field goal at that point as well. To even have a chance, like you, you could have scored at minimum 17 points from that. And, and somehow it just fell away from them due to special teams and really just mistakes they made over the stretch. I mean, they, they led in quite literally everything. They had more first downs. Uh, they had better third down efficiency. They had more drives, better time of possession, more passing yards, slightly less rushing yards, I guess, um, less penalties. Uh, I guess they tied in turnovers as well. It was really completely – if you look at this on paper, you're like, this is a game the Packers win, right? It's pretty obvious that they would, would have won this game, especially considering how many players were hurt uh, for the 49ers over the stretch of time, plus including that's in, it is in the snow at this point. Somehow they blow it, right? Like If I wasn't watching this game, I would be shell-shocked right now. About looking at the stats and seeing like how in the world have they managed to screw it up this bad? But obviously it's through the special teams for the most part. But as a whole, I mean the fact that Rodgers was just unable to 
really get this ball down the field enough to where they're able to at least put up more points over time was shocking to me. I mean, I know they had David Bakhtiari out uh, still. That was a, still a big loss for them. And I know he got psyched a couple of times this game, but it really kind of felt like aside from Devontae Adams, there was no form of offense for this team in the second half. Aaron Jones did pretty well. I know AJ Dillon got hurt. Uh, and I don't know. I don't, I don't think he returned to the game, but Aaron Jones is doing pretty well the first half. So it was AJ Dillon, but really there weren't factors in the second half either. It was really just Devontae Adams and no one else at that point. And, and they really couldn't find a, a reliable weapon for Rodgers to go after. And it kind of felt like after a while, he was just holding the ball on too long, forcing to throw it away, taking sacks, just installing drives unnecessarily whenever you needed the points the most. And, you know, that, that's something that I think the Bengals managed to somehow do. Whenever they needed a, a, a big play, whenever they needed points, Burrow found his guy. Burrow found Chase. Burrow had Higgins. Burrow had Uzama. Rodgers didn't have anybody, right? He had Devontae Adams in the first half. He was double, triple team the entire second half, and he had absolutely no one And at the end of the day, I, I just think that's, you know, it sucks for him, I, I guess. I, I really don't know. It's, it's crazy <laughs> to see how it all turned out. But uh, I, I really think that that's something that I think Matt LaFleur has to look back at and be ashamed of because, honestly, I mean, I wow. get the teams is a, is a big blunder at this point, but you got to be better. Yeah, yeah, I, I Honestly, I, I think a lot of it's on coaching. I think you have to be better coaching that. Uh, you have to be able to find a way to scheme players over. But, I mean, we, we saw we saw all these teams today be able to make big plays and everything needed to. The 49ers made big, made big plays over over the stretch of time. Titans did it. The Bengals did it. All of them did it. The one team that didn't was the best team of this group in the Packers, putting up 10 points against a team like the 49ers in your home field in, in the most important game of the season with what is going to be the MVP quarterback is a shame. Like, that's just – that's bad. Let's take a deep breath here. I'm just collecting myself now that we now that we've gone through the 20 minutes of us just spewing everything that we're thinking about because we're trying to process the fact that for four months, like Green Bay Packers, best team in the NFL, 49ers, barely a playoff team. I I said this like eight times. If Jalen Ramsey gets his hand slightly higher on a Jimmy Garoppolo pass, the Niners do not make the playoffs. If it if his hand goes ever so slightly higher on a pass, and if the Rams pull off the upset against the Bucks, are you betting on the uh, the Rams against the 49ers? Given we just saw a 17 point fourth quarter comeback in the last game of the season three weeks ago, like the Packers losing makes this entire year chaotic because the AFC was already super weird and the seating broke that way, and we were talking about like all the teams in the AFC are evenly matched. We knew the Packers were great all the way through. We knew the Packers were great. Tampa Bay is also very great. And the fact that it looks like Brady's going to do this again is absolutely dumbfounding, but we knew that the Packers were great. And at the same time, the fact that they lose this game and again, to to take a deep breath after everything we've done, let's fully acknowledge that this was very similar to that Patriots bills game on Monday night where it's not a representation of who's the better team. It's just a weird chaos game with snow that I guess leans for the 49ers who lost Debo and George Kittle on the last drive. And again, we're calling third and seven draw plays that we made fun of Freddie Kitchens for. Cause after Jimmy Garoppolo threw that pick, they said, Jimmy, you're not allowed to throw anymore. Just, you're not, you're not, your throwing privileges are gone. It's either handoff or a screen pass to Debo, maybe Kittle for an eight yard pass. It's just your throwing privileges are gone at this point. We're going to hide the quarterback and it worked. And again, like fully acknowledging if this isn't in the snow, maybe the Packers do better because they can throw the ball. But even that was just weird. They only scored three points. 
in the second half of the game. Or I'm sorry, after the first touchdown, they only scored three points in the entire game. So, yeah, all of that just <laughs> ridiculous. You called it a shame on LaFleur, and you know what? At this point, I don't even know what you do because I, I just – Everyone's got to kind of evaluate this on their own terms. If if Green Bay were to only win 10 games next year, they would still break the record for most wins in a four-year stretch for a team to not make the Super Bowl. Like it's it's absolutely insane right. how this has happened. I don't even know what you do at this point if you're the Packers, but we can try and do the X's and O's evaluation on it as well. Cause this we'll have eight months to talk about where the Packers go from here. Just like we had eight months last year to figure out where the Packers go from here. I don't, I don't think it's far fetched to say that the majority of teams in the playoffs, even the ones that were eliminated would have won this game if they were on the same field as the Packers. Yeah, because the 49ers uh, were the worst team left in the playoffs. (laughs) It's insane. They were were just straight up bad. Like you 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 put this you you put this Cowboys team up against the 49ers this game. I mean I I legitimately think the Cowboys could have came back and won this game just based off of how poorly the 49ers played. I was way more impressed with the 49ers performance last week against the Cowboys than I was this week against the Broncos or excuse me Packers, right? I mean it just seemed like this was a game that both teams were just so sluggish. I actually told my friend, my friend watches a lot of the Packers games. He's also a secondary Bengals fan as well. So we were watching it together. I, I told him, I was like, listen, this is just a game where both these teams are just trying to figure out who's going to lose. No, no one's trying to win this game. It's just a matter of who's going to screw this up most, right? And the Packers at the end of the day, they were the ones who screwed up the most. I mean, they had one turnover, but in reality, it was three at this at that point because they had a blocked field goal. had a blocked point. I mean, at, at that point – I really just don't know how to explain it. I, I, I really just don't understand how an NFL team could just somehow allow a block and a block field goal in the most important game of the year when you should be the most dialed in, the most uh, aware to that, right? Like you would think that they would they would make sure that it's just not going to happen, and yet somehow it happened to them twice. I, I'm trying. I, I wish I had the answer on this. Like, when was the last time there was a blocked field goal and a blocked punt in a game? Because there was like four blocked field goals all season and like six blocked punts. Like the odds that that happens in the same game. Again, we played 300 football games this year, like basically 300 football games. And you had not a single game with a blocked field goal and a blocked punt in the same one. That's like one in a thousand chance that that happens. And it took that one in a thousand chance. And another one in a thousand chance of like, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo throws a pick. We let him deep into the secondary. Doesn't matter at all. Like it, the Packers only scoring three points in there. Like LaFleur punting on fourth and two. Like all of that to break their way is you just look at the numbers and it's like, okay, this is a fluky result. We know the Packers are a better team. And yet, like, so what? The Atlanta Hawks were not better than the Sixers last year. And lo and behold, the Sixers had a one in 800 collapse in the two games and they still they lose. Now you're loser. And now Aaron Rodgers is loser again. And it's I thought this one was going to be the different like I it, the game script ended up following a lot of the Bucks Packers game last year, ultimately because the Packers lost. But I thought this one was going to be different. I thought this one was going to be the Packers would still find a way to win it. And then just they, they had like a 30 second three and out. And then the Niners just went right down the field with all three timeouts. It's just like with four minutes left, you start considering the possibility that this is going to happen. 
I, I, I couldn't believe it. It was incredible. <laughs> I think this is one of the rare times, at least for me, that despite it being a touchdown lead, a whether it was a touchdown lead, a four-point lead for the Giants, even whenever it was tied, I never had a doubt that the, the Packers were going to win this game until we saw the 49ers finally get a stop and then start moving the ball down the field. You've seen that. It literally took until the point where they got to the 50-yard drive. I'm like, wait a minute. They can actually win this game. I never had a doubt the Packers were going to lose until that play happened where we saw Debo Samuel or George Kittle, whoever it was, get a pass over the middle and get past 50-yard line. I'm like, wait, they just had to get two more yards and I'll be going to keep a field goal and win this game. Even then, 45 yards out, freezing cold weather, winds, snow, I was like, I don't, I don't doubt he misses this and the Packers still find a way to climb out of this to win, right? It really kind of felt like until a kick went up and went through, the Packers were going to win this football game and it just did not happen. We, I was waiting for the big play to Devontae Adams. I was waiting for the big play by Aaron Rodgers to one of his receivers, whether it's going to be a whether it's going to be an Aaron Jones big run, an A.J. Dillon big run, a big pass, an interception by Rizal Douglas, something like that. I was waiting for one of those plays to happen, and it never did. And you know what? For great NFL teams who are going to make the Super Bowl, you need to have those plays. Where, like I said, we're seeing it from every other team right now who has played so far in the divisional championship, and the Packers just did not be able, was not able to do that despite what I think is is having the, the most star-studded roster currently in, in, in playoffs right now. So uh, I, I think it, it's shocking to me that that happened. And, I mean, I really think if you're Packers, if, if you're part of the Packers organization, you need to do a lot of soul-searching to really figure out what you're going to do to help turn this around and, and reset well, doesn't that all have to do with Rodgers, though? Because I could say you run back the exact same team next year, you're going to be back in the conference championship because they're just they're that dominant. They're that star-studded. They've done a great job of building that team. But it's been two years where they've been the best team in the NFL, and it just doesn't matter. And I, like, I don't know what it is at that point. Is it just because they keep playing in cold games? Is it just because they keep making bad game management decisions like it, it's I it's so strange it's so strange because Rodgers is going to win the MVP again there's not a better situation he could go to than Green Bay but maybe he doesn't you know better situation isn't necessarily the go for thing here and maybe it's like by wherever you go you're the reason that the team is going to succeed all of it is very confusing and there's no better situation than that Packers team. Like, I don't know what kind of soul searching they can do other than trim fat within the margins, but the bulk of the team we know is really good. So I, I think you just kind of like rush your hands and say, ah, shucks, I guess we try again next year. <laughs> like the, the team's really good. I, that's the thing that makes this result so weird. I, I feel like though. No- I do agree with what you're saying, though. Like, I mean, like, this is a game that you almost just look at on paper and you're like, wow, this happens one in a million times. So this is just, oh, well, that happened. But the crazy part is, I mean, this is a regular occurring theme right now for the Packers. They, they continue to lose games like these whenever it matters most to the playoffs. And you've got, you've got to look back on it and be like, you know, who, I really think you've got to figure out who's the fault for this. I mean, I wouldn't imagine it would be Rodgers. I still think Rodgers is the best quarterback right now or one of the most better – I would say of the two best quarterbacks in the league, him and Mahomes, obviously, are of that group. Um, I, I really think you have a great head coach, Matt LaFleur, who's going to be up there and coach of the year candidate. You still have a very, very good defense in my eyes who just allowed 13 points to an opponent. They did everything they could to win this game. You still have a great offensive line, even losing your best tackle. 
you have one of the best wide receivers, probably the best wide receiver in the NFL. What are you, what's 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 causing you to lose these games? And it feels like everything's going so right, and yet but at the same time, it's going so wrong. And and people are blaming special teams and putting on the special teams, but at the same time, I mean, the fact. Sorry. The fact that you are you are even in this position where special teams plays matter is insane to me. I, I feel like you should have had a, uh, a touchdown to answer off of a block field goal or something like that to happen, or you shouldn't have been in a position where you were forced to kick a field goal or punt it in the back of your end zone. I guess a team like the 49ers, I, I, I just don't understand how they put themselves in these positions. They feel like they, they, they had barely any moments where they could have screwed up, but the few moments they did, they made sure to screw up, and the 49ers took advantage of that every single time. Well, so the way I've tried to process this over the years is that if I can't explain why it is this is happening and very few people watching can explain why it is that it's happening. And there, there are people who can do the analysis after the fact, but going in, it's, it's near impossible to figure out exactly what it is we're watching. Like some people can do it really well and maybe there are explanations, but if nobody can really give you a definitive answer on why it is that the Green Bay Packers don't have more have not made a Super Bowl in the last 11 years despite having like really talented teams five teams that are were elite in the 11 year stretch at a certain point I just always chalk it up to luck it's that lucky plays happen that seem to always break against the Packers and every now and then the Packers will get lucky breaks like AJ Green not turning around on a game-winning touchdown pass like I don't know why it is that it's always this way for the Packers, that they always get unlucky by the end result. More unlucky than, say, the Patriots, who, like, yeah, they made 10 Super Bowls and were in the NFC or the AFC Championship 15 times. So they were like 66% winning percentage or whatever it was. Like the Packers in that similar vein, I feel like they just get really unlucky. And that's the only that's the cop out explanation I can find is just that a break here and there goes against them. Like they happen to be playing the Niners instead of the Rams. And if they play the Rams, maybe they don't lose this game because if the Cowboys, if Kittle doesn't fumble that one ball, then the Cowboys are playing Tampa and the Rams are playing the Packers. So and then, like we said, the one in a thousand block punt block field goal combination. Like, I, I guess I, the, my cop out explanation is just the Packers have been incredibly unlucky for the past 10 years. And it's the reason they're not really regarded as like the second greatest dynasty non they're like the, the equivalent of the NFC's powerhouse dynasty of the last 15 years. Like, I guess they just got really unlucky over decades and different coaches, different front office and different players. I, my cop-out answer is just, they're really unlucky. At the same time. I mean, I, I was just, I mean, you, you got to look back on it and see like, you know, they, they were calling this the last ride. They were pumping. The last dance. Like, yes. We have, uh, we have our, fine. We have music for that. We have we can finish playing the Green Bay Packers last dance theme song. Yeah, I mean, like you, you have all that being like, I guess, kind of marketed by Rogers, Devontae Adams. You, you you had this whole entire idea in your head, like this is going to be what this is. This is a difference, right? This is going to change everything. This is Rogers saying his goodbye to Green Bay. He's going to go out in an amazing way and win a Super Bowl or something like that. 
and they're, they're going to find a way to, to get through it and win. They had a lot of injuries throughout the season. Three of their best players all got injured. Didn't matter. They were still winning games against top teams in each division. They were the best team in the NFL, honestly, and according to record and according to overall play, it really just kind of felt like it was – this was at least going to be a team, like you said, who was going to make it to the conference championship eventually. And I mean, I don't know if the 49ers are just that good or at, you know, forcing no. mistakes and, and winning this game. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think so either. I, I, I really think this is on the Packers. No. And yeah. Just- That's uh, <laughs> in all the chaos and all the confusion of this night. The one thing I can conclude is the 49ers are not one of the four best teams in the NFL that I can conclude right. with certainty. I have learned from tonight the 49ers are definitely not one of the four best teams in the NFL. The fact that the the fact Lamar Jackson can't even sniff the conference championship is absolutely incredible. But the 49ers have built the exception to the rule in an NFL that you have to have an elite quarterback to make it deep in the playoffs. The 49ers have built the one exception to the rule by getting incredibly lucky, hitting on so many different picks on defense and having a perfect offensive scheme and having a top five tight end and having a top five wide receiver. Like they had to hit on everything perfectly just to put themselves in a position to win without having an elite quarterback or even a quarterback that can do better than six of 14 for 70 yards and a pick. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, it's one of these very, very rare times where I see a loss and I, I genuinely am at a loss for words of how to describe what the Packers need to do next time to be better. Right. Like obviously you, you would hope that they convert more on third down. You would hope that they don't put themselves in positions to where they're getting big sacks and stuff like that whenever, you know, you're not getting pressure up to Rodgers. Of course, you you want to say they can fix their special teams issues, everything like that. But at the end of the day, this is a game that you watch You watch the entire game. You see what happened on paper. This is a game that 99% of the time, whoever the Packers – are, are playing they're losing that game like the Packers are winning or beating whatever team that is right like it's just that's just plain and simple if, if you have those stats if you if you watch this game and see how it all unfolded if, if you watch what happened and, and I mean especially especially considering how the Packers jumped out so quickly in the beginning of this game right we were thinking like this is gonna be a game where Packers put up four or five touchdowns this is gonna have to be whether the 49ers keep up or not right and, and for this to kind of like completely just switch like flip the switch and kind of become the exact opposite and a grinded out game, which even in this case, I still think the Packers are used to cold weather. They have two amazing running backs. I still think they have a better running game than, than the, uh, than the 49ers. I think they can overall, I mean, it's, a, it's a very, very close when it comes to trench play for both these teams. But I do think the Packers have better trench play overall. I really think it still favors the Packers even in cold weather. And, and, and for the fact that, I mean, we usually always compare, like if, if teams are evenly matched, it's always up to who's a better quarterback, right? Kind of felt obvious in, in the game between the Bengals and Titans. It, they, were, it were, they were very similarly matched as a, as, as a team. But overall, the fact that Ryan Tannehill had three interceptions and Joe Burrow was able to move down the ball down the field whenever it mattered most, that's what changed the game for, for that game. For this game, you would think that would be the exact same case with Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Garoppolo. But it, almost, it was almost the exact opposite. The 49ers were like, let's not even let Garoppolo throw this ball. Let's just run it with Debo Samuel, just get the ball out as early as possible. And, and you would think like, oh, in that case, they're just playing – to just barely get a field goal or something like that, just to stay in this game or stay alive in some case. But it kind of felt like they were on their last legs as a football team. And for the, for the fact for the Packers to not be able to take advantage of that and, and, and win this game is just shocking to me. It really, it really is shocking. This is one of the most un, unprobable and probable wins. I think I have seen for the 49ers. Uh, I've, actually I've ever seen in the playoffs in general. Yeah. I, I was talking about this or I guess kind of processing this on the way here. Like, 
The Titans-Ravens game is more shocking of an upset because that Ravens team was unbeatable, just totally unbeatable um, from the, I think, week three of 2019 until the playoffs. They didn't lose a single game. And then they lost to the Titans, like, just by a route. But that one felt, that one was explainable. That was, um, ball goes through Mark Andrews' hands, intercepted by Kevin Byard. Two failed fourth and ones by the Ravens, 28-point swing. Tennessee's up 14-0. Then they run the ball with Derrick Henry for 200 yards. Like, that one was explainable. This one, like you said, what do the Packers do from here? Uh, just not play in the snow and not have a kick get blocked and not have a punt get blocked at the end of the game. Like, that's the only thing I can say is just they should have been up 20-0 at halftime. And they just kept letting the 49ers stay in the game. They didn't score a single point other than the field. They scored three points, basically. They held the 49ers to essentially 10 points, and they scored three. Like, it's like you said, I, I, there's nothing I can point to and say this is where it went wrong for the Packers other than everything went wrong, and it was just a bunch of bad breaks. That's the only analysis I can say. You don't have to blow up the team because of this loss. The team's still really good. I just don't know. It's just weird. Like, it's just not going to work out for them. It's it's not going to work out. See, the the crazy thing is, like, I feel like if you just had a a better special teams coordinator or just a better special teams unit in general – (laughs) <laughs> this team's probably going to the Super Bowl, right? Oh, I'd do it even smaller than that. On the play after Garoppolo throws the pick at the end of the half, um, when when the safety when Jimmy Ward comes down and they try to pass it off in the zone, and Aaron Jones ends up like 15 yards behind the secondary. If right. Rodgers puts that pass four inches to the left and hits Jones in stride so he doesn't have to spin around, that's a touchdown. It's 14 nothing. Right. Instead, he gets tackled at the 15. Rodgers almost fumbled the football right before. It just got recovered by the Packers. And then they got the field goal blocked. It should have been 14 nothing if Rodgers puts the ball four inches to the left. If the wind is two miles per hour softer, Aaron Rodgers hits Aaron Jones in stride, and that's a touchdown for the Packers. And... They also could have had another field goal in the first half, and maybe that field goal drive turns into a touchdown if LaFleur doesn't punt on fourth and two. Like, if LaFleur goes for it on fourth and two at his own 49-yard line, if he does the right analytical move instead of punting, they can maybe score at least a field goal, maybe a touchdown after that. And it's 21-0, and you don't even have to worry because then Jimmy G's throwing the ball all over the yard for two quarters, and you win the game anyways. Like, it's... Four inches right. of a pass is they could have won. It's just every bad break went their way for them to lose that game because the 49ers didn't score an offensive touchdown. The, the Matt LaFleur point about not going for on fourth and two, I believe it was like their own third, maybe it was like 38, 40 yard line. It was, it was pretty close to their side of the field, but I, I will say that again, that did shock me because we really didn't see any urgency in the Packers at all this game, right? Like it was almost as if the Packers thought the 49ers aren't going to score. There's just no chance of that happening. No matter what's going to happen, the 49ers just aren't going to score, right? They were just they were just wasting the clock, doing whatever they can to to just take off time, pretty much get three and outs or, or one first down, maybe two first downs, and then punt the ball back to the 49ers so they can just do the exact same thing and send it back to the Packers, right? It, it was almost like there was no sense of 
urgency from out the floor. They weren't worried at all. Like, hey, we're not scoring points. This is a game where if one thing doesn't go our way, we're going to lose. And you know what happened? They didn't have any urgency. One thing went the 49ers' way. Another thing went the 49ers' way. Ball game. You lose. You're, you're, you're out of the playoffs, right? Aaron Rodgers is probably not going to be a Green Bay Packer anymore. It's crazy how there was no – there was no concern, no urgency from the Packers at all to win this football game until it didn't matter. It's incredible. And the thing that I forgot about is the Packers did the last dance thing with their roster. Also, they are 45 million over the salary cap. This is according to Adam Schefter. Right. So yeah. And Devonte Adams is going to get franchise tags. So you can't like renegotiate contracts to get, Devonte Adams under because Devonte Adams ain't signing an extension for shit. <laughs> Devonte Adams is going to get franchise tagged the next two seasons for the Packers and not be able to force his way out. And we're going to waste the next two years of Devonte Adams career. And the Packers, the Packers are going to lose the, the, the edge that gives them the power to be the best team in the NFL because the same way the saints lost it, right? The saints couldn't keep a, a, a Janoris Jenkins here. They couldn't keep a Latavius Murray here. And just like ever so slightly, they lost their quarterback and then the team was kind of average. So the Packers are still going to be really good. Aaron Rodgers always gives them a chance because they have star players already locked down, but yeah, I mean, the Packers might lose Preston Smith. They might lose Ken, uh, Devondre Campbell. He was on a one-year contract. They'll probably lose him. Like Russell the, Douglas. Russell Douglas, yeah. Cardinals. By the way, Cardinals fans got to be pissed about that. They had Campbell and Douglas last year just sitting on the bench, and they go to Green Bay, and they're both awesome. Like Cardinals the, fans have to a, be so pissed. That's another shocking thing to mention, though, is the fact that the, both, both of those both of those signings the Packers had were in-season signings, right? Like, just pick it up. It was, hey, like, we don't have a linebacker. We don't have a cornerback. Let's go out and get these two guys and help replace what we have right now to just basically just street signings pretty much yeah. from the Packers. End up being two complete star players. I would arguably <laughs> say the two best players on the Packers' defense this year, right? Yeah. You have Adrian Amos. You have – Jair Alexander, who just returned this this week. You had Darius Smith, who just returned this week. You had Kenny Clark. This is a team that, on I mean, and the Packers. To be fair, completely fair to the Packers defense. They held the the Forty Nineers to the six points this today, right? They held them to yeah. six points, just point by player. So they, they played really well. But the fact that that defense had that much success, you had the MVP at quarterback. You had the best wide receiver in the league. You had one of the best running back cores in the league. You have a great offensive line. <laughs> I what, don't even blame them. I don't even blame the Packers defense for that. Cause at the end it's like, okay, you can't tackle George Kittle and you can't stop Debo Samuel on an end around. Okay. I can't blame you for that. You, you held them to a field goal. Great. They have George Kittle who is untackleable in the middle of the field and Debo Samuel playing running back, the freak athlete playing running back. Like I can't even blame you for like, okay, you gave up 30 yards to those two. Like, great job. You, you only gave up 30 yards like that. That's still the 49ers gift on offense. And the reason they're even in this place, not just with the defense being as great as it is, they have two of the 15, 10 to 15 best weapons in the NFL and a really good scheme that I don't understand how it works, but it just does. 
And I, again, that's a cop out. I hate doing that, but I, I just want someone to try and explain the Shanahan thing to me and they can't. So I'm just like, all right, it's just, it's, it's something I don't understand. Just like Belichick, we could try and better understand it. Some people understand it. We just don't like, I, I can't even blame the Packers defense for that Packers defense. Yeah. Everyone, the best defenses in the league are going to give up 30 yards to Kittle and Debo Samuel. Cause those guys are really good. I thought when Samuel got hurt also, they were just going to start running Kittle as a halfback that that was basically just what they were at at this point is we have these two super weapons. Everyone else is interchangeable. And we have Trent Williams best left tackle in the NFL. Everyone else is interchangeable. Let's just work Trent Williams at fullback, Debo Samuel at running back. Like that's basically what they did at the end of the game. <sighs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's unreal. It's just unreal how this all turned out and how it all yeah. happened. And and I mean, I, I, again, this is like, I mean, this is one of those things that I just say like I have no words. Right. Like we we have we've had a lot of words. We've talked a lot about this game and try to break it down. But like again, this is just a game that just fell out of the Packers' favor, fell into the 49ers' favor whenever it mattered most. And we've we said it multiple times, it's, it's unlucky, right? I mean, it's just not – it's unlucky for the it's Packers. It's the only thing I can do to explain it. Right, yeah. It, it sucks for them. And I, I really, really do think that, again, this they're going to have a lot of cap space problems this year, obviously. That's going to be a big struggle for them. I, I wonder if they can still be as good as what they were last year. Do you think they're going to lose a lot of pieces? Possibly. That's going to suck. But – I still think this is a team that can afford to get worse next year and still be a Super Bowl contender. They are that good of a football team, which is insane to imagine and say. I just really think now, you know, that this game is not only unlucky for Packers fans, it's detrimental to what their future could be because it, it's, it's possible that Rodgers leaves. It's possible that Devontae Adams refuses to play if he gets signed to a franchise tag. It's possible that a lot of your star players are gone now. And I, I look at this in hindsight, and I, I, I look back, and I'm like, you know, this is a team this year that is, again, one of the best teams that we've seen in the last couple of years, right? I mean, this is, this is up there in my eyes with the 2019-2020 Chiefs with the 2020-2021 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, this, is, that was the, this was the best team in the NFL this year. And the fact that it just did not work out for them and everything's probably going to fall apart now is really crazy. The fact that this team was unable to even get past their first playoff game. Unreal. I mean, you said it, you said it right. It right. Then the, the green Bay Packers even could lose pieces and still be a super bowl contender because they have the two time reigning MVP of the NFL. And he has all the leverage now because he set up that contract that he could get out this year. And he has all the leverage over that organization now because the Packers have some real soul searching to do at this point. And Aaron Rodgers, by the way, I'm I'm going I'm looking through these post-game tweets because Aaron Ro- or post-game quotes because Aaron Rodgers usually opens up after the last game of the season, more so. Um, he talked about how he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild, and so he 100 percent expects to have a say in roster decisions. And yeah. That's the leverage that he wants. And ooh, this is going to be 
really interesting to watch. This is a conversation we'll have all next week, I assume, but just bringing that to the focus as a a cap on this game so we can talk about your beloved Cincinnati Bengals. It's going to be super (laughs) duper fascinating to see that going forward. Because again, you said it, they're still really good. Packers are still going to be really, really good because they they were the best team in the NFL. And you don't just go from being best team in the NFL to falling apart without losing that special quarterback. Unless they're the 49ers. They're the exception to this rule. (laughs) There's always like a team or or there's always a couple of teams out there that are just super fascinating, uh, you know, watching how their offseason unfolds. Last year, namely, I really think, especially between you and I and what we've talked about a lot of times, the Houston Texans offseason and the New Orleans Saints offseason was so fascinating. You see how both teams, one of them having so much cap space and, and a weird weird situation with their quarterback and trying to figure out how they're going to rebuild it and, and sign guys to one two-year deal that we even forgot existed. And then on the other side, the New Orleans Saints trying to figure out how they're able to keep half of their roster, you know, with, with how much they were stuck in cap space hell at that point with negative $100 million and in, 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 in below the cap space. I mean, it was insane, and to watch both those teams kind of unfold was super fascinating for me. I really think this year the Packers are going to be one of these teams I really want to keep a really close eye on because not only are they below the cap space in $46 million, a lot of their great players are also on pretty small deals, like Russell Douglas, Demarjay Campbell. As we said, a lot of those players are on small deals, so you're probably not going to get those guys back either. So it's going to be a huge question mark on who they choose to keep, who they choose to let go of how they're going to work around the cap space, how they're going to be able to piece this roster together. And if one, if they're going to be able to piece this roster and retool with Rodgers in-house, or if they're going to completely blow it up, rebuild Jordan Love and look to try to completely reset this roster, one of those two things are going to happen. And either way, it's going to be super, super fascinating to see how they do it with this roster situation and cap space situation they are currently in. All right, let's.